Hey listeners, Brad here, your host for Friends of the Force. Now this episode is going to be a special one because it does kick off our new series, From a Certain Point of View, where I sit down one-on-one with guests that include friends, fans, podcasters, and content creators in the Star Wars community. Now with my journalism background, I've always defined myself as a storyteller, and the most exciting thing for me is to sit down with somebody and learn their story, figure out where they came from and why they are the way they are. So with this series, you're going to be getting that in the context of Star Wars, I really want to get to the bottom of when people first got exposed to Star Wars and how it's impacted their life. So I do appreciate every one of you who have been listening so far and supporting the show, and I hope you continue to follow us along on this journey. Make sure to go follow us at Friends of Force on Twitter. Stay up to date on all of our latest episodes, and please leave a review wherever you're listening. It helps make the podcast better. Give us some suggestions on who you might want to see on the show, especially on this segment in particular. We would take all of that very seriously and we love your suggestions so without further ado let's get started from a certain point of view a certain point of view luke you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view this is a special episode this is going to be entirely from a certain point of view with david triana from followers of the force david how's it going today it's going great man thanks for having me yeah, of course. You're going to be really the form, the first formal from a certain point of view episode. I've kind of integrated the segment into other episodes so far, but I really just want to start making episodes that solely focus on uh, a certain p- person's Star Wars experience uh, and even focusing on their that person's background to talk about how they got into Star Wars. The, the, the real larger purpose of this is everybody has their, their own sort of Star Wars story, there's certain entry point in which they got into the franchise. Some people it was the prequels, some people it was the original trilogy, and I find it really fascinating to see where people found that love for Star Wars because it is such a strong love and it influences all parts of our lives in unexpected ways and expected ways. So, um, the the first question I really want to ask you, and and we can kind of get into your, your your background as well, but what were some of your your first memories of Star Wars? What would you consider your entry point into the the franchise? So my earliest memory actually is uh, sitting in the theater at three years old watching The Phantom Menace. And I remember only two things about that experience. And one was these two guys dressed up as Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. And they had a full-on duel in front of the screen before the movie started. So that was the first thing. And the second (laughs) thing was, uh, as far as the movie itself, I just really remember the part of the movie where Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan meet Jar Jar for the first time on Naboo. (laughs) Um, So two really strange things to to remember for your first uh, experience with Star Wars. But yeah, 96, I assume it was sometime in the summer um, there with, I think, my parents and my brother. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's definitely a good entry point because that that was the beginning of a new generation of Star Wars, especially for for you and I at our ages when we were growing up. You know, we're we're very similar in age, so that was that was the first time we got to experience that in a theater. So did you did you have any context to Star Wars when you when you got to that point? Was there something where you saw it on TV or in a movie theater where you said, you know, Dad, I want to go see that movie? Uh, what was how how did you figure that out, or did he just kind of bring you into that? He he just brought me into it. Um, you know, 
Phantom Menace, I think, was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. Again, I was three, so I don't remember much of it. Um, mm-hmm. But then what really got me into it at an early age was the prequels and the video games. I mm. loved playing, you know, the pod racer game for N64. I loved oh, yes. playing Obi-Wan for the Xbox. I loved playing the Jedi fighters, the Jedi Starfighter games. Um, and of course you want to go a little old school, uh, return of the Jedi for the super Nintendo and shadows of the empire for Nintendo 64. Best so, yeah, <laughs> so good. Um, so a lot of it was video games and the prequels. Mm-hmm. I'm a little sad to say at that age, probably you know between six and eight, the original trilogy was not my favorite, but Return of the Jedi was my favorite of the three, mainly because I thought A New Hope was a little boring because nothing really... There wasn't like the big, you know, uh, Darth Vader and Luke fight. There wasn't the... The stuff on Endor, and then mm-hmm. as I got older, I had you know Empire's now my favorite, A New Hope's my second, and uh, Return of the Jedi is my third in terms of the original trilogy. So, you know, it kind of progressed in stages, and then, uh, but I saw every movie in the theater um, when I was younger, always with my dad. It's like been the tradition, seen one through three with my dad, and then we've gone opening night for each new Star Wars movie since then. So it's it's That's been awesome. it's been really cool. So he he was obviously a Star Wars fan yeah. before you were born. So he I'm sure he probably dragged you into it much of what we'll probably do with our own kids someday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he's he's told me he's like I didn't want to force it on you. I wanted you to like come to love it on your own cuz I felt like if mm-hmm. I just shoved Star Wars in your face, you'd like be like you'd, you'd grow tired of it. And I get where he's coming from with that. Um, but you know, we're, we're pretty much the same person, you know, huge fans of star Wars, you know, Lord of the Rings, uh, all that that sci-fi and, you know, eighties movies and stuff like that. So it, it was really the, the perfect storm with star Wars, you know, it really had a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I think too, the, the prequels were interesting because it was really the the newest special effects in star Wars. So for somebody like a three-year-old kid seeing those fights between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Darth Maul, and even the pod race, like you said, you, you played the pod racer on N64 probably because you just saw this amazing spectacle of a race in a movie on the big screen and the sound effects of the, of the engines and, and, and the crashes and everything. So I, I know you said, you said you don't remember a lot of it, but obviously it stuck with you subconsciously. So when you when you played a lot of those games growing up, did that obviously that had a huge impact on on your imagination within Star Wars and outside of it, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um more so with the cuz I'm a big fan of of story-driven games. Mm-hmm. I I don't like that. I mean, I really like Battlefront, but you know, it got boring to me after, you know, the f- fourth or fifth play because you're doing the same thing just on a different map and that's why i'm really excited for something like jedi fallen order because you know i'm a huge fan of games like uncharted the last of us um and even open world like assassin's creed so the games for me obi-wan revenge of the sith shadows of the empire the force unleashed those games really solidified my love for Star Wars because it gave me the opportunity to 
directly manipulate what was going on. And it, it allowed me to sort of pretend like I was in the damn game, you know? Right. Um, and now it's going to feel that feeling is going to be even more amplified with things like Vader Immortal and the Disney, uh, the VR at Disney Springs here in Orlando. So they're really giving the fan as much as they can handle in terms of being in these stories. Yeah. Now you're, I know you live in Orlando now. Is that where you're originally from? Uh, born in Miami, uh, moved okay. to Fort Myers, Florida around 2007 and then moved here last year after graduation. Okay. So I'm sure you probably had your fair share of trips to Disney World oh, yeah. growing up potentially. So being so close to it. Yep. So obviously going there, uh, growing up you had Star Tours and there wasn't a whole lot there with Star Wars besides that. And I know they had the big giant Adat Walker the one time that I went, I think I took a picture in front of it. So did that also help push the boundaries for you in terms of getting even more into Star Wars? Did your, did your parents take you there as a kid to, oh, yeah. to experience that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've. It's funny. I've, uh, when I was cleaning out my, my room last year, um, I found an old badge from Star Tours that I think they used as sort of a fast pass. And they don't use those anymore. I think I don't think they've used those for maybe over 15 years. Um, and you know, it had my name on it in Orabesh, and it had like a really cool um, sort of designs on it. And yeah, you know, every time we would go to Hollywood Studios, we would have to go to Star Tours because that entire wing now, <laughs> and it's gonna be right next to the entrance to Galaxy's Edge. It was just, it was that, that little sliver of Star Wars that would always be enough to fulfill that every time I went to the park. And now it's going to be such a different experience when Galaxy's Edge opens in a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you gotten to go there? I mean, I guess you work in the Orlando one, so it's not open until August. Yeah. But have you have you been able to see any of it um, with the, the job that you have there? I've been able to see the construction um, from my drive to work. I've been mm -hmm. meaning to go backstage at Hollywood Studios, but... Every time I think about it, I always think I'm going to, you know, be walking back there and then get fired because <laughs> they're really strict with, you know, not taking pictures backstage right. and, uh, and all that stuff. So I kind of stay away from it. But every time I'm over there, I always walk to that big gate and I'm just there like, OK, I just need to make it a couple more months. And then, you know, once it opens, it's going to be like my second home, you know, right. I'm probably going to be there. I'm going to try and pick up shifts there if I can. Um, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, it's, it's going to be really great. I think for anyone who lives here, anyone who lives over in Anaheim, you know, you're spoiled because you have this thing <laughs> right in your backyard. You're like, I'm going to go ride the Falcon. You know, it's no, no big right. deal. No Casual. Big deal. Yeah. yeah. Just typical Sunday morning. Yeah, exactly. going to make the Kessel run, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. So I must, must be hard for you to see all the pictures and everything, but it's coming soon to you. I know. Mm -hmm. So that, that'll be definitely exciting. Now you're uh you're a photographer, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Over there okay. at Disney. Yep. Okay. So how long, uh, when did you first start getting into photography? I know obviously growing up, you love, you had a love for star Wars. So did that help influence in terms of a filmmaking aspect, the way that you see the world through, through a lens and the way that you frame certain things, like your appreciation for film, did that carry over to your, your passion for photography? That's now your profession. 
It it did, and funny the the whole thing with the photography came about due to a um, journalism assignment or a class actually. I had to take a photojournalism class. Um, I think my the fall semester of 2017. Um, and then after doing that, I was like, man, you know, I really, I really like photography. I like capturing, you know, whether it be a sporting event, whether it be, you know, a concert, you know, whatever it is, I like doing this. And then it just so happened that Disney had an opening for PhotoPass. And the day I got hired was the day of graduation. So I just, that's a nice graduation gift. Yeah. Right. So I got the news and then I was like, well, I guess I'm clear to, to move over to Orlando now. Um, cause I was moving in with my girlfriend and then, uh, it was like, well, I have to, you know, land a job before I can make the move. Cause obviously I got to make rent. And then everything just sort of happened at the perfect time and, uh, been there for a little over a year. So I got a nice little, um, pin that signifies one year with the company. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to stay with Disney as long as I can, just cause the perks are pretty great. You know, I don't have right. to pay for a, for a park ticket. I don't have to pay for parking. I can get up to three people in the park for free. Um, it's, it's a really good deal. And, um, you know, I'm working two jobs now, so it's, it's a nice breather when I don't want to be at the other job just to go to Disney and take pictures of people for, you know, eight hours. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice change of pace. Yeah. And that must be such a great job to do photography and too, because you're, you're seeing people like Disney is the happiest place on earth. That's literally what the, like the motto is. So for you to take photos of people experiencing that, especially children of all ages who might be their first time there or parents taking their kids there, is that obviously presents a really unique opportunity for you to capture like the human element and and those relationships amongst people. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. And then with, with the galaxy's edge coming there, I know you said you wanted to pick up a few shifts. So now you're going to be able to blend your, your love of star Wars with photography. So is that, would that be what you would be doing? Like taking photos within the park and publishing them to the Disney website potentially, or for a certain, um, press release or anything like that? How would that work? I, I don't know if Galaxy's Edge is even going to have a photo pass presence just because they want to keep that level of immersion um, to the point where, you know, photography, the way we know it, doesn't exist in Star Wars. So right. they're, they're really keeping the theming um, really, really accurate to the actual world. So, you know, I don't know how I would be able to pick up a shift over there i don't know if i'd have to train for another position or or what have you but i know that they're giving the cast members there a lot of freedom in terms of creating their own uh unique backstory for their character in in the land and and, you know they're letting them create their their own costumes for their characters um so it's it's really cool and i really hope i get the chance to to be a part of that but if i'm just there as a guest i mean that's that's great you know, I, yeah. I really don't, I wouldn't sweat it. Um, and it, so, I mean, I know I'll be there a lot because I know for the first few weeks or so, they're opening the park at 6am. So probably wow. I'll wake up like at five and just drive over there and be like, okay, I'm going to yeah. spend the entire day here and see what, what I can find. And, uh, and, you know, 
And going back in the photography, yeah, you know, I, I get to work with the characters, so it's cool being able to interact with Jack Sparrow as you're, you know, interacting with other people as well. And you get mm -hmm. to know you get to know them and you get to have a good rapport with them and it makes the job fun. I haven't had a job that's been this much fun ever. So it's 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 definitely a nice gig to have. Yeah. Um would you are you going to bring your dad or your, your mom to to Galaxy's Edge when it first opens up is that I know you said you go to every premiere with your dad at least. Yeah. Um is that on your radar to make sure that you bring him with you the first time you step into to bat two and, and see that Falcon? You know, I don't, I think they're doing annual pass holder previews pretty soon. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know if my dad will go the opening day. Cause he's like, look, it's going to be August here. It's going to be hot. It's going to be crowded. <laughs> I'd rather wait it, wait it out a little bit, but, yeah. um, but yeah, you know, they're annual pass holders as well. So they're moving up here. You know, they're actually coming up here next week to finalize their deal on a new house. So awesome. we'll, we'll be making a lot of trips over there. Yeah, for sure. Now, you mentioned you did a photojournalism class uh, at school and obviously Followers of Force, which is the, the podcast that you have, yeah. is very much focused on people's experience with Star Wars. You have your Star Wars Journey series that you do where you interview guests. So you've had... E.K. Johnson on the show. You have you had Claudia Gray today that you spoke mm -hmm. with. Uh, you've definitely had had quite a few people. Kevin Scott recently. So clearly, interviewing guests is in your wheelhouse. So besides the actual photojournalism element, did you get involved with other things at school with with journalism that has kind of led you to this point of, of wanting to do this uh, with Star Wars? Um, I didn't necessarily get involved with anything at school per se but i did really love whenever i had an assignment that had to do with a feature story and then once i took news production and uh, more so involved with audio editing and and all that stuff it gave me an opportunity to really learn about it and and learn just enough to make it work you know i really you know i i don't know how to use you know photoshop I don't know how to use a lot of the editing software, but if this is what I can do and I can put out a, consist a consistent product that sounds good, that people like, then that's that's great for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as far as anything in school, aside from the assignments and aside from the work I did with uh, a local newspaper back home, um, no, I think this was just born out of watching a bunch of Star Wars shows and listening to other podcasts and just deciding... You know, I think I want to do this and I think it could be a lot of fun. And then yeah. I just I just did it. And I think that's the beauty of technology today. If you want to do something, you can just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Content creating is at its, its highest point right now. And people yeah. are really able to showcase things they're passionate about. So when you, you decided to do this podcast, I know it started in 2017. So what was the what was the process leading up to that? You know, what what were you looking at in terms of the name of the podcast and and did you have to like overcome any sort of hesitations or any kind of like fear of like, okay, I'm like putting this out into the world for people to hear. It's kind of a little, it can be a little intimidating for some to, to make that first step mm -hmm. to want to put out what they have to say and open themselves up to feedback and to criticism. So what was that like for you starting that? Oh, it was, it was an easy decision to say, I want to do the podcast. 
Mm-hmm. And like we were talking before we uh, went on the air, it was just it was hard to come up with the name. It, you know, I my co-host for uh, for you know some episodes here and there was my dad, but I distinctly remember and I found this the other day. I stumbled across my the first ever episode of this podcast, and we're seventy episodes deep, not counting the Your Star Wars Jerry series. So almost we're coming up on a hundred in total. And um, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nuts. So I came across that first episode, and <laughs> God, was it awful! <laughs> it was like because I, I remember I was in um, the room where we had like all the Star Wars stuff and. You know, the it was more so the gaming room and I was doing the mm-hmm. show in there to start and I was so nervous because I I never wanted anyone to overhear me recording the show. So like right. the way I sounded that first episode, I was like, welcome, guys, to episode one of <laughs> Followers of the Force. And then I, I would be like whispering. And then it right. took me like a little while to just be like, yeah, this is David, you know, Followers of the Force, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so it was that, you know, hump that I needed to get over and just stop being in my own head. And then once that, you know, went away and then once the whole phobia of listening to yourself recorded, um, it just became the easiest thing in the world to where I still need to be in a room because I don't like to bother other people with recording. But you know, if I'm in a room with a microphone and I, you know, whoever the guest is, if it's just a regular show, I act the same way, same level of, you know, uh, level of voice. I don't get nervous anymore. And I think that journalism itself helped me with that because I did a lot of interviews um, before I started the show. Um, I just never, because I knew once I uploaded it, this was going to go out to the whole world and anyone could listen to it. Anyone could download it. And I wanted to, you know, put the best product out there and you know to start those first few episodes the intro to the show was me playing the force theme on the piano app on the iphone and it was me holding (laughs) it up to the microphone and i was like this is really low budget but it's it's gotta work right gotta start somewhere yeah exactly you know yeah that's incredible because you just I think you made such a good point of you don't really need to be an expert in everything. You don't need to like know Photoshop and all this other stuff. Like you, if you can manage what you have and the resources available to you, you can clearly create something great. And that shows in the work that you're doing. You're, you're getting guests on that are the actual authors in the Star Wars universe. And you're, you're getting a following on Twitter, a large following and people are listening to your podcast. And I think that's a testament to your your dedication to it and the work that you've put into it and overcoming those initial obstacles of like you know hating not not liking to hear your own voice which i think we can all relate to yeah. that's something that is a as a big hump to get over yeah well, i know you, you you sorry go ahead no no no. i was just gonna say thank you for for saying that i really appreciate it yeah and i know you mentioned feature writing was a big part of that what what was uh or you did some feature writing in journalism mm-hmm. what was it that that drew you to feature writing? Is there a certain aspect of it that you, you like more so than kind of the, the like the quick hits? Cause I think nowadays a lot of journalism and publications really look for those, those stories that are going to get a lot of clicks. And I, right. and I know that too, from a journalism background, it's really about website traffic and, and how many people you can get to look at the story and our attention spans are much shorter, but you look at long form writing, it's, 
it takes a lot of research. There's a lot that goes into it. You spend hours and hours of writing and something that could turn out to be 3000 words and people read in 10 minutes. Yeah. So what, what drew you to that and what, what did you enjoy about it? Um, I think I just enjoyed learning about interesting people and learning about um, people who had a story that they needed to tell or they just wanted to share something. Um, and, and, you know, it, I remember one of the first assignments that we, that we had, we just, you know, we needed to pair up with somebody and pick like a, uh, I think we had a prompt that we had to follow, but you, it was sort of this mock interview and I did that. And then I started getting into interviewing people in the music scene in my city and, I started to learn, you know, all those conversations, much like the your Star Wars journey episodes, all those conversations were just about an hour long. And I was finding it really easy to, you know, talk to people. And I knew how to ask the right questions, leaving them open ended, not, le you know, because the, the best advice I ever got from um, one of my journalism teachers was like, if you ask a question like, oh, do you remember this? you know, people who don't want to answer, they're just going to be like, yes or no. And then mm -hmm. you have to remember to ask. And I always have this in my head. The questions you want to ask are always going to start with what, how, why, and, um, you know, can you tell me about, you know, so-and-so. Right. And if you ask those questions, you're al almost always going to get a pretty good answer. And you always have to be interested. But to me, the, and this goes back to, you know, why we've been able to get great guests on the show um, and have really created a following is just because it really does do you a lot of good just to be nice. Um, yeah. There's really, that's really the only secret that, that we have in, in getting these people because, you know, I asked Lucasfilm a, a few weeks ago, hey, you know, is it possible to get Andy Gutierrez on the show? You know, I know she's really busy, so if not, don't worry about it. Just thought I'd ask. They got to me half hour later you know unfortunately andy's busy but we thank you for for emailing us blah 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 and then you get fortunate enough when you ask you know people like claudia gray like kevin scott if you're just nice and you're not hounding them every day you're you're more than likely going to get them on the show and they're going to have yeah. a great time because you're not asking um you're not asking questions that have already been answered and you're not asking things that don't pertain to the interview at hand you're legitimately interested in the person in their work and you want to know more about it and yeah. i think that's why every interview we've had um we've gotten such great feedback on because we're not going in there thinking we know everything we're not going in there um for a gotcha interview it's always yeah. just want to learn more and and i yeah. think that's that's what really sets us apart from from a lot of of other um shows not necessarily star wars shows but i know there are a lot of media outlets there where that's all they want to do is gotcha interviews um, mm -hmm. and I, we we don't like doing that stuff yeah and i think too a lot of other places will try to put them on the spot to yeah ask them their opinion about star wars or the state of star wars or like these people don't like they don't get as involved in that i don't think they just create stuff they love Right. And that's all your show is asking. It's just like, hey, you love this thing. Talk to me about it. Tell me like why you love doing it and yeah. what your process looks like. And those are the kinds of questions that matter. And I don't think the gotcha questions are really 
anything that's super insightful. Right. What, what is one what of happens, your, yeah. No, I was just going to say what happens if you do those interviews, then the next time you want, whether it be a Star Wars author, actor, podcaster, they're going to be like, Hey, you were on followers of the force. What'd you think? Oh man, they, you know, they said they were going to talk to me about this and they ended up talking to me about, you know, all this other stuff that had nothing to do with the interview. And then you get a bad rep because of it. Yeah. So it's just good to just good to be respectful, be nice, and and good things will come. Yeah, and I think it's important too, like you mentioned, to not tread over the same stories. That one of my journalism teachers at school always used the phrase "hit them where they ain't." Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of a butchered way to say it. Right. But it can't. I think he he inspired that from one of uh, old journalists, and it, there's a lot to that because it's basically saying don't tread over the same questions that people ask because when people come on a show they they want to talk about stuff that's fun especially in like a press junket for a movie or a, mm -hmm. a book they're going around to so many publications and they're answering all the same questions so when you're able to really differentiate that experience for them and and have just a casual sit down conversation and hit them where they ain't they enjoy that a lot more and i think that that's what you're doing right. is there an interview that sticks out to you that you've done in your in your lifetime or a story that you've done that has really opened your eyes to the the power of of storytelling Ooh, that's a good question um well i know the longest interview i ever did was actually on this podcast and it was um it was with steel from steel oh, wars yeah that episode ran for about two hours and 15 minutes. Wow. Um, and man, we just literally talked about pretty much everything. Um, and if you guys want to go listen to that episode, it's, it's up on the feed. But, you know, I've been, I've been really lucky to talk to him. I've talked to Jason Ward. I've talked to Amy Ratcliffe, um, you know. E.K. Johnston, we had, I've had her on a couple times, one to talk about, you know, her Star Wars journey and one to talk about Queen Shadow. But, you know, right. I think I think each interview has its own specific thing that I I really like. Um, Jason specifically, he got real personal with some stuff that happened um, in his life and how Star Wars sort of was born out of it. You know, the whole making Star Wars thing. So, yeah, it, I think it just depends on the interview but each one definitely has a really great story to tell yeah now with with the the podcast itself i know you talked about having your your dad on the first few episodes so was it always meant to be this sort of sit down and 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 interview people sort of podcast or when was there a time where it wasn't that vision but then it, it changed um was that the original intention of it no, it was actually just going to be sort of news speculation and talking about different subjects. And the day that that changed was, um, again, early, oh, I want to say early June of last year, where it was, you know, dealing with six months post The Last Jedi. I hadn't recorded an episode until the solo review. And then um, I made it, I recorded an episode it's like 25 minutes long talking about the state of the fandom and it was after something happened with rebel force radio at the time um and i recorded an episode and then that episode sort of it became the most listened to episode 
of the podcast and then um, Steele retweeted it. And I remember specifically where I was, what I was doing when the whole Your Star Wars Journey idea came came to my mind. And I had taken, I don't remember if I had taken the day off or I just decided to go to Disney Springs on uh, a weekend or a weekday. And I sat in front of the movie theater with my phone and I just, you know, sat there and, and for whatever reason, I just got in my head, I was like, you know, this episode's getting a, a pretty big response. How can I make those sentiments of that episode, how can I make that into something even more positive? And then I just started sending messages out to um, a bunch of podcasts and saying, oh, you know, I have this idea to bring people on the show to talk about their Star Wars journey. Let me know if you're interested. And then that same day, I probably got replies from 10 people and uh first episode was with um Kanata's castle and from then on you know it just started to grow and grow and grow and finally the way I got Jason and Gwendy on the show was again Steel retweeted a tweet of mine where I was like look I'm looking for uh, uh some co-hosts for the podcast let me know if you're interested Jason and Gwendy reached out spoke to them each for about an hour on the phone and then the rest is is pretty much history. You know, we've been a year now since uh, the end of that first hiatus, and and we're going as strong as ever. Yeah, that's it's 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 pretty incredible because you you start it with one idea in mind, and then you kind of have that moment of eureka where you you realize what you're really meant to do with it. Yeah. And the fact that you were so proactive with it, you didn't have expectations, you're being humble about it, most importantly. I think that is such a huge quality of a person to be humble when you're reaching out to, whether it's Claudia Gray or Lucasfilm or other podcasters Mm -hmm. to say like, you know, I'm doing this thing, you can do it with me if you want, but no pressure. And and I think that is is a reason for the success. Yeah. Now... With, with bringing uh, Jason and Gwendy on, you've obviously grown close to them with the podcast and just being involved in the community more so with the podcast taking off. Mm-hmm. What what kind of solace and, and, and friendship, or I guess, what what is the what is the podcast taught you about whether it's fandom or or creating something and then seeing it through? Like, what has it taught you? Oh man, it's it's taught me to it's really taught me patience one because I got to tell you when I first started this episode the whole editing thing it was it was tough for me because <laughs> not because I didn't know how to do it but because I wanted it to be so perfect that right. I was, you know, trying to remove every, you know, um every pause every, you know everything until I realized people don't want something fake. They don't want something right. that's that seems to be manufactured that isn't real. And then I just made the decision one day just to be like, look, whatever's recorded while we're doing the episode, that's going to stay in there. Um, I don't mm-hmm. want I want pe- people to know that, you know, we're not sort of these uh, super, you know, super focused people that 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 really just want perfection all the time and they don't want to be a real person. Um and then it's also taught me that, you know, it's great to have 
different voices um, in literally everything because I could have done, I could have stayed doing this show by myself and had one person talking about uh, Star Wars news every week for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. But it's so much better when you have myself, Gwendy, and Jason on talk about a subject, get different perspectives, different ideas. And um, at first, it was actually just going to be me and Jason until Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, who wants to listen? Just there are plenty of shows out there just with, you know, two guys talking about Star Wars. Let's get Gwendy on. Let's get her perspective. Um, And I think the show has been so much better for it. Uh, and it, it, you know, it always sucks when she's not able to be on the show because, you know, you feel it, you feel when that voice is missing. Um, so yeah, I think those are the, those are the two big things that I've learned from doing this show. And I guarantee I'm going to learn a lot more. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but, you know, another cool thing is, you know, you talk to all these people that come on the show and you, you know, you form friendships with them and, and just as, as a little lighter note, it's cool to, you know, log into Skype and see, oh, you know, there's, uh, you know, Kevin Scott's online. Maybe I'll call him and see what he's up to. But, you know, I'll never do that. That's the thing. You have to know when you're on podcast mode and when you're not. Uh, and right. if you don't have something scheduled with somebody, I always say don't take advantage of, of that connection. You know, if you're right. not supposed to be talking to somebody, don't talk to them. You know, you can tweet at them, be like, hey, you know, reading so-and-so book, love what you did here, blah, blah, blah. But don't constantly be direct messaging people. Don't constantly try to call them on Skype. You're going to create problems that way, and it's just not not a good idea. Yeah. Now, did you go to Star Wars Celebration this year in Chicago? I did not, unfortunately. Um, Last year, I think the same issue, just money wasn't wasn't right at the time, and Mm -hmm. I think I think I'm really just waiting for it to come back to Orlando. I know it will at some point, so yeah. I don't... But you've been to a celebration, though. Yeah, uh, Did yeah. you go to one in Orlando? I did, I did. That I, was your first one? Yep, <clears throat> went with my dad. Um, we, awesome. We got into... And it was great, because we got into the 40th anniversary panel. Oh, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, dude. That was a that, panel that to was, be at. That was so <sighs> crazy. John so Williams, crazy. too. I mean, you yep. can't beat John, that. John Williams, Harrison Ford, George Lucas. Yeah. It was it was nuts. So what was that what was that experience like for you? How, and how did it open your eyes to what you had loved your whole life? And, and did you get a greater appreciation for it afterwards? Oh yeah, it. Geez, to this day, I think it's got to be one of the best weekends of my life. Um, you know, I got to see the people that are responsible for all of this. I got to experience John Williams conducting Leia's theme after for that tribute uh, right. i got to i got to watch all of that with my dad um and then you know the day after i got into the last jedi panel um i got that awesome poster got to meet ryan johnson um and yeah it was just every everything that had been and granted you know the state of the fandom at that point was was not where it is today it was to me it seemed like it was a lot lot more positive, but, um, still it was the best, really the best experience of my life. And it taught me that this thing will never die. You know, as long as Star Wars is around, as long as celebrations around that con will continue to sell out and it'll continue to be one of the best weekends that you could have as a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. 
Now, the the last question I want to ask you as we as we round it up here, Star Wars, from you as a three year old sitting in that theater watching Darth Maul and Qui Gon fight. <laughs> Uh, cosplayers and seeing Jar Jar Binks on screen yeah. you know, on Misa, you know, like yeah. crazy experience. <laughs> and then playing video games, developing that with the through the relationship with your father, and now ultimately working at Disney as a photographer, doing something you love, and hosting this podcast that is has clearly given you so many great experiences. If you had to boil Star Wars down to uh, maybe a, a life lesson or some sort of value that it holds for you what what would you narrow that down to and 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 would you be the same without it that's a really tough question um well first i definitely would not be the same without it i i don't think that i would you know i wouldn't be talking to you here right now um i don't know if geez yeah i I really i really don't know I, i probably don't think i would I would be uh, a photographer, maybe. Um, I don't know if I would look at things the same way without Star Wars. I wouldn't sort of uh, point to some of these teachings that have helped me. And I think uh, a little example of that, my my dog passed away last year after, geez, it was with us for like 11 years. It was a dog I got when I was um, 11 and, you know, had him till I was 22. And then I just remember I watched um, Empire Strikes Back and uh, it was either Empire Strikes Back or one of the prequels when Yoda starts talking about death and he's like, you know, um, rejoice for for those who, who transform into the Force, miss them, do not, mourn them, do not. And that whole that whole spiel, and you know that helped me get over it because it was a really really tough thing. Um, and then you know I think for me, Star Wars is just it's 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 really an escape, and it's that's why I don't like when people just say oh it's a movie you know why are you so into it, and it's like dude movies they come from somewhere they they. It's it's not just you know moving pictures on a screen, they have a story for a reason and they connect with people for a reason, and for me it's it's always been that escape that I can always count on either you know whether I'm having a tough time or whether I just want to get lost in something, and it's just taught me to be hopeful, um, and you know hope is such a central part of Star Wars that I don't know if if. Uh, if I would have that same hope without it. And I think that's why the show is doing so well. I think that's why um, Star Wars itself is doing so well right now. And, and yeah, I hope that, uh, I hope that was a satisfying answer, but um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's definitely hope. And, and I think that it, I think that's what it always mean to me. Well, that was uh, definitely more than a satisfying answer. So, (laughs) Dave, I do do appreciate your time telling us your certain point of view today. And from a certain point of view, we are all friends of the force. Dave, where can people find you? So you can find uh, me on Twitter at DMT1196. Uh, you can also follow the podcast at FOTF Podcast on Twitter. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Followers of the Force Podcast and on Instagram 
at followers of the force podcast as well. Um, we drop our episodes every Monday and are your Star Wars journey series every Wednesday. So I hope you guys take a listen to the show if you haven't. And if you have, please, we continue to listen. We love your support and, and, uh, we hope we're, we're doing good things over here. So thank you very much, guys. Yeah, of course. And thank you for coming on. If you haven't checked out our episode yet with Dave and Jason, we did have them on the show earlier this week to talk about the future of filmmaking. So definitely check that out. We have a great conversation. A lot of good things come up. So Dave, thanks again for coming on. Hopefully I'll get you back on the show in the future. And until next time, everybody, may the force be with you. Bye.